I was earning 80 grand or 60 after tax. Yep. And so I was turning up to, to Deloitte. So I was a junior accountant. No one knew my name. And I had a convertible 355 Ferrari. <laughs> bright red again. I fucking love that. Um, That's my favourite car. It's an absolutely amazing it? car. Uh, bright red. Yeah, bright red. Yeah, um, nice. and, and they asked me to explain the strategy, which I started teaching people. And they said, no, if it was that easy, everyone would do it. And I'm saying, no, the problem is, is you're too clever. Yeah. You're always trying to find the latest, greatest thing. I agree. You're dealing with billion-dollar businesses and takeovers, and you think you've got to find something that no one else can, like um, the arbitrage or something. But you don't need to. You just need to be in the market. Yeah. And we see that say that all the time now. Like my book that I put out back in, I think, 2008, we haven't changed a word in 15 years. But it's simple, straightforward. We've had GFCs. We've had COVID. We've had credit crunches, banking commissions. Interest rates are paid over 10%. We've gone down to 2 or 3 but the fundamentals are still the same. And when yeah. you buy the family home or that similar kind of thing in a good suburb, it goes up in time. It doesn't go up every year. It goes through ups and downs. But you just need to hold on. Hold on, yeah. Almost anything you bought 10 or 20 years ago, you'd have made money, obviously, if it wasn't in a mining town or something weird like that. So yeah. normal property does go up. So let's let's touch on rent vesting at that point because I'm a firm believer in it. Um, I just think... like. Just literally from the scenario of moving to Dubai, renting out each of the rooms, having zero expenses. Obviously, now I've got a family and stuff like that. But I recently moved. Um, I live in Artarman, Lower North Shore. That house recently got sold for three point two million. I was paying twelve fifty a week. I've moved two streets down the road to a four million dollar property that could only rent for eleven hundred a week. Yeah. Um, which I just found out last week as well because we moved on the weekend. But this place, I mean. We've got yeah. Harbour Bridge. We'll show the views later we'll on. We'll show the views. <laughs> <laughs> Harbour Bridge, Opera yeah. House, you know, the, you've got so, the docks So basically there. we're in Darling Point, so everyone gets a whole floor, completely round building, so there's views from every single room. Uh, we're 10 storeys up, so it's roughly kind of helicopter level that you can see the bridge and, yeah. and everything yeah, else around fine. town. Um, the apartments are roughly worth maybe 6 to $8 million. I think the rent here is sixteen fifty um, yeah. a week, so it's maybe 80 grand a year. Whereas if you had, say, 7 million at, say, 6%, then that's 400 grand in interest. Yep. Um, the strata fees in here can be horrific, 25 to 50, maybe even 100 grand, like a, on a bad special levy and stuff. Whereas the whole idea is if I bought seven $1 million apartments and they rented out even at 3.5%, so 700 a week, I'd be getting five grand a week in. I'd still have $7 million worth of property, but then I'm only paying 16.50 out. So I'm making like 3,300 a week. Mm. So 150 to 200 grand I'm saving, You're doubling plus that. my 7 million bits <clears throat> deductible. Yeah. And so, and if I can't afford it or I freak out, then I can give them a couple of weeks notice and, and move out. Well, it's like if you, if you were gonna put a deposit on this, you've got to put down 20%, you've got your stamp duty fees, which are extortionate. You know, if, if you can't afford a 20% deposit, you've yeah. got to pay lender's mortgage insurance on top and stuff so like that. So it'd be basically a couple of million dollars down million and dollars having a, a five or six million dollar mortgage. And you're spending pff, ridiculous amounts. Like, wh why? why yeah. You, like, to me, like, uh, obviously, if you, if you a lot, a lot of the people, especially oh, in this building, I reckon they're about to pop their clogs, aren't they? Half the yeah, yeah. This, right? But that's the advantage <coughs> for me is they're not going to rent their garage spaces because <laughs> they're too old to keep drive. The car, keep the cars yeah. in there. But... Um, it it just it, it's one of those things like I feel like if you if you bought these properties 15 20 years ago and you managed to get them for a million bucks or whatever it was and you had the money at the time then great but 
Nowadays. But I still wouldn't do it because the equivalent is I'll be buying course, 200 yeah. grand units instead. Yeah, of course. And, and so here the, the capital growth is very, very lumpy. Mm. Whereas when you're buying medium price properties, which is what I do in blue chip suburbs, then it's generally a lot more consistent because there's always buyers and sellers. Yeah. Whereas for these kind of things, if you want to get a certain price, it could take you six or 12 months to go and sell. That's the difference in the, I think like in the rental market is if you go above that $1,000 a week, yeah. There's less people at the open home, right? Yeah. So if I turn up to a house in Lower North Shore, or you turn up to a, a fancy apartment, you know, looking over the Harbour Bridge, you know, you're probably going to get two or three couples there. Yeah. Whereas you turn up to the affordable. Um, yeah. So Bondi Beach, Bondi two Beach, bedroom, whatever, two yeah. bed, eight, seven hundred, eight hundred a week, eight fifty, whatever it is. Um, you're going to get twenty, thirty people turning up. There's more yeah. competition, but they're the perfect places to buy. Yeah. Um, or to invest in. Yeah. To invest in, yeah. Per but perfect to invest in. Um, so talk to me about your portfolio. How did it How did it all begin in, in Australia? What were you doing job-wise at the time so yep. to obviously get into it and afford it and stuff like that? And then how did it grow from there? Sure. So <clears throat> when I moved here at 27, so in 1997, I then looked at using the equity. So I didn't sell my two UK properties. So while mm -hmm. I did my international travel to, to get over here, I basically spent, um, I went through half of Africa and then from Hong Kong, almost by land all the way to Australia, mm. doing all the Bundy jumps and all the things I couldn't afford to do before, yeah. using some of the Porsche money. <laughs> and then I came to Australia and the whole thing was is, my parents had always said rent money's dead money. Yeah. So I then went to buy a two bedroom in Coogee, uh, north facing, overlooking Wedding Cake Island, a uh, small block of nine, um, literally 500 metres from the beach. And I basically paid 360 at auction. And all, all the local Aussies were saying, you poms have got no idea, you come over with your pounds, you think you know everything. Um, don't you know it's going to crash at the, at the Olympics? Because it always does. Yeah. Um, that apartment now is worth probably about $2 million or something like that. So again, it's, it seemed ridiculous, 360000 And that's the thing is property is always expensive. And then from there, then that was, uh, that was rising. So I then used the equity from that to then buy another one in Tamarama. And that was a two-bedder that was on stilts. Um, I had a bit of a garden shed behind that um, the previous owners had bought the airspace and I converted that from a two bed, two bath into three bed, three bath. Uh, no parking, which is the only thing that I wouldn't do these days. But again, three bed, three bath for three females in Sydney that all want their own bathroom. Yeah. They're all professionals, all leaving home at the same time. Yeah. Even though that's had mould and damp at times, it's always been rented. And then I bought number five and then I bought number six. So at the age of... Um, I think I was 31, I was at Deloitte's earning that money and basically making 600 grand a year. And I just couldn't, I couldn't spend that kind of money. Yeah. So I rented out uh, the Tamarama one and that's when I learned about rent vesting. We bought, um, or we rented this place in Coogee, townhouse right on the water overlooking Gordon's Bay. So you could jump, jump off the back wall and scuba dive in the back garden effectively. <laughs> and I think we were paying something like 650 bucks for a one and a half to two million dollar two level townhouse right on the water, right on the water like you yeah. couldn't get any closer yeah and so my flatmate i think he only paid 250 i think i paid 370 or something so i paid the high one for the bigger room mm. um and i've never never lived in my own home since and i don't think i'll ever live in my own home so you're like it's interesting you say that because i and and it's funny that you, you the uh, analogy where the aussies are taking the piss out of the pommies for buying on the waterfront and stuff like that but i feel like if you've come from around London or any major city, 
you know, I feel like Sydney's 15 years behind in mm. that sense. So Sydney's land land size is basically the same size as London with half the population. Yeah. But we all know where London went. Yeah. And everyone was like, London, the, the you know, those those apartments can't go above 500 grand, surely. Yeah. And now they're worth 1 million, 1.5 million, 2 million, like yeah. ridiculous prices. And that's exactly what's going to happen here is, I think they did the stats that 100,000... 100,000 people are coming to Sydney every single year now. Mm. They've only, they're only building 60-odd thousand houses a year. Yeah. You do the math, that's 30,000 people that haven't got a home, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> there's a lot of... Um, I remember, like, obviously back in the UK when there was this big thing about, obviously, rent vesting, but also these HMO properties, like you say, three girls want to live in one, one yeah. apartment, they all need a bathroom each. Do you feel like Sydney is going to go down that route where we're going to end up having the sort of like co-living spaces, essentially, like they yeah. do in London all the time. Look, I'm not sure because I haven't really been back to London in, in that kind of um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 or 30 years or so, apart from quick visits. But the main thing is that I thought, if you look around stuff like the Eastern Beaches, London <coughs> Shore in the West, mm. there's no more land. No, there isn't. Though. There's three-storey height limits, so you can't build these big buildings anymore. Uh, you can't bribe the councils like you could in, uh, in the old days, apparently. <laughs> Um, so they can't physically build any more properties. And if yeah. they knock down a block of 12, they can probably only put nine there again. Yeah. So you're not increasing the mass. So certainly when you get lots of people coming into Australia, especially the wealthy ones, the whole idea is people say wages aren't keeping up with inflation or house price inflation, so how can property prices keep getting higher? But if you've got rich people coming in, or you've got people, say, say for us and our kids, we're going to be giving our kids deposits. Like, yeah. without doubt, there's the only way. So we've made our money and our parents have made our money from property. The only way property prices will continue is passing the, the intergenerational wealth down. Yeah. And when there's no more properties in Bondi or Manly or Balmain, mm. that will push prices up. And sure, the average person will have to move further and further out west or north or south. And, and this isn't the debate, whether it's right or wrong from a social or political thing. It's more the fact is, this is Bondi is going to increase. Yeah. And sure, it's it's... One and a half, two mil for a two-bedroom unit there now. At some point, it will be three, four, or five, yeah. and people will be able to afford it. Yeah. So the whole thing is, is as an investor, I'm not going to debate all those other things. I'm just saying, well, if it's going to rise, that's where I want to invest. Yeah, I think complaining about it doesn't 